Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. As you know, here in New Zealand, we drive on the right side, the proper side of the road as God and Her Majesty intended. And uh, it was an education because, of course, I didn't to remind myself to look the right proper way. Mm-hmm. And um, I was fascinated by the squirrels. I was watching squirrels in the park. Going, oh my God. <laughs> People go, it's a squirrel. And I'm going, it's a squirrel. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and we are here with Roxy and the fan favorite, apparently, because we're just like chopped meat here, but Simon <laughs> is back with us. Hey, Simon, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> hello, hello. Wow. Big shoes to fill now. Yep. So. <laughs> I, I honestly feel bad when Chuck comes back because what's that? What's going to happen then? I have just have no idea. Simon, you're back from your trip. You on the last episode, you alluded you were heading down to the Sunshine State. I was. I I did. I went. I came. I conquered, and I came back. Actually, it was a complete night. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I have moths in my um closet. What? I just, what? I just saw one. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. So, so Simon, you're in your recording booth, which is your closet, yeah. where your underwear is less than six my feet away from you. Very, very close to my face, my underwear. But it's clean. Don't worry, <laughs> folks. It is clean. That's good. Uh, yeah, I just saw them off. That means they're gonna eat my clothes, right? I, I don't know. I, I was just wondering about That's that. That's like, so weird. Do, why is that? Why do moths? And how do they get there? I, yeah, I don't know how they got here. I mean, I had a friend stay here. Maybe they brought them in. I've never had, I've never seen this before, but they will eat my clothes. That's what they do. That is what they do. That's so why you have moth traps. We, we're, we're in the dark on this. So uh, Bobby, can you help us out? Like, What I, do we do? What does <laughs> Simon do? I'm just kidding. We don't mean to pick on Bobby, but he was our stat boy there for like the first five episodes. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I think he kind of felt bad because he kept correcting don't us. Don't feel bad. Yeah, no, we like we to be need corrected. It. We know we're stupid. <laughs> we know we're not smart nor funny. So help us out here. Where I mean, I guess we could just Google it. We do have Google machines, but we're lazy. We don't do that, nor do we fact check here on the Loyal Littles podcast. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't understand like where they come from and why they just decide to eat clothes. They really yeah. eat you the need clothes. like decoy clothes. Yeah, I mean you oh. can get like those. That's like mothballs and moth traps, right. I guess. Yeah, right? I've heard of that. Sure, and that just keeps but, them away, apparently. Yeah, but why would they? I just don't know. I mean, can I eat my clothes when I'm hungry? Like that seems. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. But I'm concerned. We are. We are legitimately concerned for you. And I appreciate the concern. But, but yeah, um, my trip to Florida was, was great. I was singing Frankie Valley songs. Well, when I say great, it was actually an absolute nightmare. I woke up Saturday morning to get a flight. That was 7 a.m. So, you know, up at like 4.30 a.m. And just we're about to board. They say there's no pilot. And therefore, they're going to have to fly a pilot in. So we were delayed about four hours. Whoa. And the pilot finally arrived. They flew him in from Atlanta. We got on the plane. We get to the tarmac uh, runway. And then the... There's some engine failures, so we had to go back. And this whole time, you know, we oh. were going to miss the gig. So we missed sound check, but fortunately, we've done it enough times that we managed to rock up right in time. We put on our red jackets and, and did the gig. But my God, I am still a little tired from wow. all the traveling. That's just so they flew in a pilot from Atlanta? There was yeah. nobody here that could. That's what I don't understand. Do that. I mean, yeah, it seems like a bit of an oversight for have, to have that kind of staffing mm. issue. I guess pilots get sick too, right? Well, of course. Absolutely. I'm just surprised there's not like a swing waiting in the waiting in the wings <laughs> in case they have to, no. you know, 
pop no. in real quick. Now, Roxy, you might have to explain what a swing is because people right now are thinking, and I like, why, and, why would there be a swing set at the airport? An yeah, and why would it be waiting inside the wing of the plane? <laughs> Yeah, most most little supply know what an understudy is. And yeah, that's kind of it's what she's it's very Someone similar. Someone standing by, you know, yeah. for all the money we pay for these flights, you would think that would be a thing. Yeah, like, there should be like a, you're right, like a local who's at the airport and could fly almost any plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's some limitations some places, I'm sure, but then, you know, that just come in and take over when need be if someone calls in sick or whatever and maybe, i mean you maybe they do and there wasn't anybody available maybe they were i would assume they were busy understudying other pilots who knows right. now but that pilot he did not want to be that was a fast flight we came into land in florida and there was a massive storm and this guy clear was like i don't really care what's going on i'm just gonna fly right through we just flew through all of the turbulence like a, the landing I, i've flown a lot he was like i'm gonna hit every cloud and just go straight through <laughs> it as fast as i can and just get on the ground and I like it was a bit of a roller coaster where I was like, "Jeez, yeah, that's yeah. a little let's, scary." Uh, let's all just get there safely, you know. Right. But, um, yeah. Now you were only gone for a day. Is that less? I mean, because of the delay, it was even less than a day. I oh mean, wow! So you're not you don't have to isolate or anything like that again, right? When you got back? No, like no. That? And actually, I think New York just changed their quarantine rules anyway. But oh, but yeah, gotcha. I, mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, I, I'm fortunately fully vaccinated now and i was there under 24 hours so yeah i didn't have to gotcha. do any quarantining which is nice yeah gotcha. well awesome. speaking of things changing in new york uh simon if you don't mind taking a you know back seat for a second here because you, know, <laughs> you know i mean i know the fans don't want to hear me talk but some changes coming up big changes for chuck here and i got the call simon got the call and oh. we are opening back up on this Friday. Yep. This Friday. <laughs> this Friday. So Not even two weeks notice. <laughs> Chuck's a little stressed right Less now. Less than a week's notice. <laughs> yeah. So I wow. get a COVID test today. Now I'm already fully vaccinated, but I get a COVID test today. The entire cast is getting a COVID test today and crew. And we have rehearsal on Thursday and rehearsal on Friday and we open Friday night. Woo wow. woo woo. Now, yeah. So anyway, and who's going to come? Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see what happens. Now, Littles, the reason I bring this up is because we want to let you all know how it's going to pertain to the podcast. Hopefully it won't affect it at all. That's the hope. All we ask is for some possible patience down the road. Uh, We're going to see how this goes. And but obviously my schedule just got my whole life just got turned upside down because FYI, I know this is a back burner thing, but softball in New York City also started today. So, yeah, multiple leagues (laughs) starting this week. My job coming back. I mean, things are just crazy. So what we mean is episodes might drop a little later in the day or on a different day. So that's a possibility. We'll try to update you on our Twitter page as much as possible. Just, I guess all we're asking for is some patience because we we will try to do a full two shows every week like we have been. Hopefully it won't affect you at all. That, so hopefully me bringing this up is moot, but we just wanted to let you know in case like a episode drops late in the afternoon or in the evening on Tuesday, or we always have on Saturdays, it diff- just maybe it might be a different time. There is a chance maybe it might get pushed off till Sunday. Worst <laughs> case, we'll just have Simon talk. Yeah, I right. Say, I, I actually, this is where I announced that I'm taking over. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we'll just have Simon talk and we'll add the interview with it. And, uh, and boom, done. And so the ratings will yeah. probably go higher. So maybe what am I doing here? <laughs> so anyway, speaking of what are we doing here, let's get out of here. And hopefully, Simon, you can get your moth situation under control. And mm. we're, we're heading out west. And we're very excited about this because this is a first timer from this state and city. 
And we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. That Uranus? No. The Loyal Littles Podcast. Now back to the show. episode by the post grad band and this song is called our place and they can be found on itunes but they say the best place to reach out to them is on instagram as we call the gram and you can find them at the post grad band that's at the post grad band and as always we'll play the full song our place at the end of the podcast All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles. And boy, do we have a fun one for you today, all the way from the West Coast. We're going to Vegas, baby. Please welcome to the podcast, Ryan Popovich. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? So how's everything on the West Coast? Uh, It's finally starting to warm up. Things are getting back to normal. All right. Well, that's good to hear. So first thing we normally do is we like to turn the podcast over to you within reason. Introduce yourself to all the Loyal Littles. Tell us a little something about yourself or anything you want the Loyal Littles to know. Um, I'm originally from a little town outside of Pittsburgh called Beaver Falls. And then I moved to North Carolina back in 2000. And I've been in Vegas now for 13 years. But I've been watching uh, Tony on PTI probably since it started and then once DVRs became popular I've been taping pretty much every show or listening to the podcast uh, I started listening to his podcast in 2009 so I've been a loyal little I guess since 2009 so why don't we back up though you grew up in Pittsburgh outside of Pittsburgh I grew, yeah outside of Pittsburgh uh, it's it's a, the next county up and over uh, Beaver County I went to a little community college but I went to Beaver Falls High School where they're only famous for Joe Namath nobody else Wait, did you say only Joe Namath? Joe Namath and myself. Right, of course. Uh, Yeah, in fact, my dad was in eighth grade when Joe Namath was a senior. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. I have an aunt who, uh, she passed away years ago, but she actually used to cut his mother's hair. And if he was in town, he would actually go to the beauty shop and she used to have a signed picture of him on her uh, work area. That is really cool. So I thought you were going to say she dated him. I mean, that would have been really cool. But anyway. Uh, so, okay. So what did you go to school for? Computer science. Oh, and is that what you do now? Yeah, I've been a software tester for uh, 24 years now. Okay. Aww. So I've always been intrigued by something like that. Now, what does that mean exactly? Do you play video games? What do you do? 
Well, I've had a few different jobs between, you know, Pittsburgh, North Carolina and here. But here I test slot machines. So I just make sure that uh, you never win any money and, and we take more money than, you know, <laughs> every once in a while you might have a big hit here or there just to get excited. And then you lose all your $5,000 back. So now are these the newer digital, like you're playing a video game slot machines or are these the reels Like you pull the handle and the reels spin? The reels and the video and oh, so in the both. last yeah, and in the last year I've been testing all of our online gaming games. Wow. So take me through this. So you literally just sit around and play video poker all day. I wish it was video poker, but it's the actual <laughs> games, you know, the reels, the, the video reels or the, the step for reels, they call them. And just make sure that they hit where they're supposed to. They pay the right amount. Maybe there's a certain what we call jurisdiction like Pennsylvania, New York have different rules and regulations and just make sure that the game's set up for a certain percentage that it's okay in that jurisdiction. So, I mean, I'm so, I, I don't want to dwell too much on this because I don't want to bore the littles out there, but I personally am intrigued by this because I've been brought up that way. The slot machines, I know people are going to not want to hear this, but you would agree, I assume, maybe not. Slot machines are the worst odds when you go to a casino, correct? It depends on how the casino has it set up, honestly. Oh, they okay. can set it up as close to 100% as they can get. Some right. some areas might only allow up to like 94, 95, 96%. But now, I'm sorry, when you say percent of what? What do you mean? Like to hit or not hit? Payback, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But why? A casino would never do that, though, right? 100% payback? I mean, why would they do that? They might set up one here or there just to kind of get the, you know, get traffic and then oh, you know, I see. have gotcha, one right gotcha. next to it set up a little bit lower. Ooh. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Wow. But there's no special buttons. There's no special things that you can press that all of a sudden, boom, you get a jackpot. Well, that's what I was going to ask because a lot of people always used to say how hard you pull down on the, the lever and stuff like that. There's all these like <laughs> conspiracy theories of how to hit and stuff like that. Oh, I've seen a bunch of old women in the, in the casinos with their oxygen tanks and stuff just beating the crap out of the buttons thinking that that's going to do something and all it does is make them look even odder. Well, interesting that you, well, you said it, not me, who I was just going to start referring to. Well, because there's always that thing where they sit there and watch. My dad used to get so angry at this because he would notice these older women, I won't say if they had oxygen tanks or not, but they would be sitting like, you know, three or four machines away, but they wouldn't be playing. They would just be sitting there and watching him put his money in all day for like a couple hours. Yeah. And then as soon as he walks away, they would start playing it because they, they would think, well, take us through that. Are you allowed to talk about this stuff? I mean, I, I don't know. See, back in the days when you would stick the quarters in, there was also this theory where once there's so much money inside the machine, it has to hit because it has to release. Is that correct? Or No, that's before my time. But I do know okay. that, um, you know, there's what they call a random number generator in there. And, and it's going through all these scenarios every so many milliseconds and because I actually got up from a machine one time, I, you know, I ran out of money and a person sat down right after me and, and hit 20 free spins right after. And I thought, man, if I would have had one more spin, I would have had those 20 free spins. But that's actually not true. Uh, I see. It's just all in when you push the button. Okay. So this is fascinating. Not... Yeah, I know. Me too. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to spend the whole interview on this. But to me, because I, I do like going to casinos and stuff, but I, I was always told, like, do not play the slot machines, even though, of course, I like to once in a while because they're just fun and different. And now they have all these different themes. I prefer video poker. 
Okay. Because mm. I'm not allowed to play on um, my company's games. That's just something, you know, even though technically I can sit down at the machine and not know what it's going to pay out, but, you know, there's just some kind of weird regulations that say, you know, you can't gamble on your own machines. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Are you allowed to? You're not, right? No. And then if you know how you, when you put your player's card in, you can get free play and whatnot from that. I'm also not allowed to gamble at casinos that have our player tracking system in because there's a claim that, you know, I could go to a buddy and say, hey, here's my card. When I put it in the machine, why don't you go on there and throw 50 bucks on there? Interesting. Well, and the other the other reason I was saying is because do you know that the game Let It Ride? Yes. Yes. Okay, that that happens to be my favorite game. If I'm going to a casino, that's my favorite game. Now, it's also been explained to me that it's basically a slot machine with cards <laughs> because the odds are so not in my favor for that game. I don't know how true that is or not. I just know I've been lucky with it in the past, and I can also sit there for a long time and make 50 bucks last an hour, you know, right. as opposed to, like, some of the other games where, like, craps, forget about it, 50 bucks two minutes later you're out 50 bucks possibly right right now do you have you say video poker but do you have any uh favorite table games uh i love roulette roulette really mm. yes yes okay now is there anything we should know about roulette now why why is that your favorite game i don't know i just like playing birthdays anniversaries um <laughs> sure and, you know, the more numbers you play, obviously, the better chance you have a hitting. But then, of right. course, you're going to lose the, the ones you don't hit on. Right. Now, tell us some inside dirt if you have it. You probably can if you, even if you did. But I'm going to ask the question anyway. Well, because we've seen in these movies in the past where the they, they're still called a dealer, right? The people that spin the wheel? Yes. Okay. There's those movies where, you know, they have this little button that, like, if it falls in a certain number, they can make it jump out of it at the last second. <laughs> Is there anything like that that you know of? Is that real? No, that's not real. Okay, all right. Just wanted to clarify. <laughs> now, how did you get into that? Where where was the interest? From the get-go, like when you started school, or you just always liked computers? I worked at a steel mill outside of Pittsburgh, and I was going to school for accounting, and when I was getting C's and D's in accounting, the, the steel mill was switching over to a new computer system, and, and the guy that was running it got me into installing them and setting them up and helping them set them up in the offices and... I really enjoyed it, so I just switched majors. I switched colleges and just went to a little community college and just got an associates in uh, computer science. Mm -hmm. And the first job I had at college was for software testing, not the actual development, but the testing to make sure it doesn't go out with any bugs or any obvious bugs. And I've just been more into that than the actual development side ever since. The thing that got me into the slot machines was my uh, the first woman I was related to by marriage, and I came out to Vegas for our 10-year anniversary, and we really enjoyed it out here. We didn't have kids, uh, so we just decided, hey, let's just move out and see how things go, and I started applying for jobs, and it took a few months, but all of a sudden I got a call for a, an interview at a company um, to do slot machine testing, so ah. you know everything worked out great. I moved out here March of 2008, and I've been here ever since and i just hit my 13 year anniversary so so lucky 13 yeah <laughs> right. exactly uh, now was that just random or did she have a job waiting for her out in vegas you guys just up and moved to vegas she was a teacher so it was easy uh, for her um she sure. finished the school year in north carolina and then moved out here and uh she she had actually found a job before she even moved out here which was good oh terrific yeah yeah that always helps yes all right. Well, so now you have technically moved around quite a bit. Now, are you a hometown boy? Are you on Bob Sproul's side here? Are you a Pittsburgh fan? What's your favorite sport? What's your favorite teams? 
So lucky for Pittsburgh, I was born just over a month before Super Bowl nine, Pittsburgh's first win. So I, oh. I brought the team good luck. So you're and the reason. The very, okay. Yeah. So the very <laughs> first Super Bowl I remember was Super Bowl thirteen against Dallas, and I actually, even though I'm a Pittsburgh fan, I became a Dallas Cowboy fan, which is not good when you're from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wait. 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 Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So how did that happen? <laughs> Uh, everybody in the house was rooting for Pittsburgh, so I just started rooting for the Cowboys. And I was, I don't know, three, four, five years old. Are we, like, related and we just don't know it? Like, what's – I mean, yeah, the same probably. thing happened to me. No, I mean, literally the same thing happened to me, but it was Yankees-Red Sox because we grew up in New York. My dad actually played for the Albany Senators back in the day, and so he's a diehard Yankee fan. And, I mean, there's obviously more into it than just – I just decided one day. Wow, that's so intriguing because my mom was a Mets fan. Two of my sisters are diehard Yankee fans, and I'm the Red Sox fan. So that's so interesting. Now, was it just because it was the rival of Pittsburgh at the time? I guess I mean, or so. was it the Tony star? Set. So Pittsburgh <laughs> is very known for uh, quarterbacks, Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, Joe Namath, of course. Tony Dorsett, actually, I found out later, played basketball in high school with one of my cousins. Oh, wow. He went wow. to... And I might get it backward. He, I think he went to Hopewell, and I had a cousin that went to Hopewell. And Tony Dorsett has a restaurant in Dallas, and some of my cousins that lived there knew that, and they had an old scrapbook of all these cutouts that my uncle had done of, you know, the basketball days. So they went up to Tony and said, hey, you know, would you mind signing this? And Tony wanted to buy the book from them because he remembered that. And he even said my cousin was like a really great basketball player. Oh, wow. But yeah, Tony Dorsett, Mike Ditka. There's so many people that came out of Pittsburgh. Robert Berg's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Okay. So full disclosure, I went through a similar, uh, I didn't really have a football team and it was just the star, you know, and it was America's team. So I just started rooting for him. And it was actually right around when I guess Landry got fired. I'm trying to think. I, I honestly can't remember. I know I was like in eighth grade, freshman high school area when I just, just because of Morton Anderson, I became a Saints fan and I've been a Saints fan my whole life after that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting because, you know, I, I was a Cowboys fan too before that. So I'm always interested to see, you know, why. I know they're, quote, like I said, America's team. And what about now? It must be exciting. You just got a football team. You got a hockey team, what, about four or five seasons ago? No, we don't have a football team here. We have the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I yeah, set we you can't, up for that. I, I, yeah, I can't do that just because of um, the Immaculate Reception. They're still not over it. There were five different infractions that happened on that play, so they can't get over it. <laughs> but the, but they're a pretty good team. I mean, they're up and coming. I mean, you're in a tough division, but I don't know. I, I mean, that stadium looks gorgeous. Now, I don't think anyone's been in it yet, right? It, it looks like a mix between a Roomba and a toilet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, well, been, there's been memes out about it where, you know, they have it looking like a Roomba, and then they have, like, a toilet bowl on it, and the tank and stuff on it looks it looks just like a toilet, so... But I, oh, I mean, I can see it from where I work, and it, it is a nice-looking stadium. But I'm yeah. I'm more excited about the hockey team. First year, they went to the finals, right? Yeah, and that's how that's how I really got to know uh, our good friend Kevin Stanfield. Oh, okay. I was that was where I was going next. Perfect. So how oh, okay. how how did that become? So because of him being on the TK show, I uh, started following him on Twitter. Well, because the Knights were playing the Capitals, Kevin all of a sudden decided he was a hockey fan, and we just started talking trash back and forth. Now, and what about Clyde? Now, you're friends with Bash with him, too, or no? 
So I know sometimes you guys ask, uh, you know, the, the, your guests what all you've done or whatnot. I've, I've asked uh, two questions on Fortune Teller on PTI. But last year, I think it might have been August, Kevin and I were going back and forth on Twitter. And he said, hey, why don't we have you on the podcast? You know, see how things are going in Vegas, you know, with the pandemic and stuff. So I've been on the Federal Football Reports podcast yeah. twice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, they never asked us to be on podcast. I mean, what, 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 what's up? Um, like I said, the first time was just, you know, how are things going in Vegas? But then last year, Pittsburgh played Washington. And Kevin said, hey, why don't we have you on for a preview? And that's when Pittsburgh lost four of their last five games. So I, I think I was bad luck. It's funny, because of Tony and his podcast, I do find myself rooting for the Washington teams, which is so odd to me. But because they talk about it so much and I hear so much about them, it's kind of hard not to or at least be interested in what's going on down there. So you've never actually met Kevin though, right? No, I think he was supposed to come out here last year and we were gonna meet up for a drink that his wife's conference got canceled. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I did almost meet Gary Braun. He was out here with his brother doing some work and we were going back and forth on Twitter trying to meet up at a bar, but I think I had plans that night with my wife and it just didn't work out, but I, I was gonna try to meet up with Gary Braun. Yeah, I hear he's really into that. Like, he likes to meet the fans and stuff. Yeah, and um, we both shave our heads, so we'll get along great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. So now, this might be an interesting question. Have you ever made the trip cross-country? Did you make it to Chatter or a Jingle Fest or anything like that? No, it, it, it that never worked out. I would love to go to a Jingle Fest, especially listen to this podcast and hearing there's a few other folks from Pittsburgh. I know of uh, Bob Sproul. I've, I've sure. actually talked to him a little bit because I work with uh, Bill Sproul, but he he's not pretentious. He doesn't use the E at the end of his name. And he's <laughs> he's also from Pittsburgh, but they're they're not related as far as I know. Oh, interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. And how often do you get back there? Um, I get back two to four times a year. Oh, that's great. So you're bi-coastal, we'll call yes. it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, Ryan, you can stick around, right? Oh, yeah. I got time. Okay. All right. So let's let's take a quick break because we got a lot more to get into. And uh, Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. Have you heard about Summer of Littles? You mean Summer of Littles 3.1, Chuck? I believe that's the clever name Ed Butt came up with. And we just wanted to take a quick moment to remind all the little littles to save the date. So littles, make sure you reserve August 7th. Put that in your calendar right now. That's right. And to stay on top of all the Summer of Littles 3.1 information, don't forget to stay close to your social media and make sure you're on Twitter. The name is Summer of Littles 3.1. Now that's at Littles Summer 2. So again, that Twitter handle is at Littles Summer 2. I'm sure we will have all the updates there as soon as they come in. And we will be certainly updating you all the time here on the Loyal Littles podcast. I can't wait. I think it's going to be so much fun, and you all better be there. Oh, yeah. I can't wait either. I mean, after all this time and no Jingle Fest, we are so looking forward to Summer of Littles, for sure. All right, Roxy, what's next? Back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are here today with Ryan Popovich, 
who's moved around all over from when he grew up. I mean, how you're a Cowboys fan and a Steelers fan, and now you're out in Vegas, all this stuff. You did say you're a hometown Pittsburgh guy. What What are your quick thoughts on Big Ben's contract coming back to the Steel City? I'm one of, I wouldn't say few fans, but I'm one of few fans that really like him and think he should end on his own terms. I mean, he's taken him to three Super Bowls. He's won two. Pittsburgh fans seem to hate quarterbacks. Terry Bradshaw actually didn't even want to go back to Pittsburgh after he retired because the fans were so hard on him at the end of his career. Finally went back for one of the reunions of one of the Super Bowl teams and he was welcomed and cheered and everything, and he, you know, he felt bad about not being back there for whatever it was, 15, 20 years. But Pittsburgh fans, which I'm sure most other fans, are really, really hard on some of their star players, and, and sure. it's kind of sad to see it. But Ben had a great year last year. I mean, they, they started off winning 11 in a row, and then the next few games, there was a lot of drop passes. There were some bad refereeing calls, and of course, as a biased fan, you, you always see those, but... I'm glad he's coming back. Kind of hope he comes back a couple years. I know he restructured his contract, took less money. Not that he needs it. But no, I'm excited. That always cracks me up. But before we get there, but let's give the devil their due. You do remember who ended that winning streak, right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Kevin Stanfield had me on his podcast <laughs> and jinxed it. And Claude. I got to mention that, Claude. I, yeah, we got to get Claude. We're hopefully going to have Claude on soon. We're, we're really Well, hoping. he produces Tori Clark's podcast, and Tori Clark always talks about how she's from Swickley, Pennsylvania, where my current wife used to work at a country club, and she went to St. James Catholic School, where I went to a Catholic school in, in Beaver Falls, and we used to play St. James in basketball, but I tweeted that to her one day, and she was pretty much like, so what? I don't care. You're, you're from Beaver Falls. I'm from Swickley. We have money. You don't. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound right. No, but I mean, I, you know, she talks about she drove her dad home from a bar in Ambridge one time, and I used to bowl in Ambridge, so. Wait, you bowl? Uh, yeah, I bowl. I haven't bowled much in the last few years, but I like to bowl. Well, and, and real quick, before we leave it, I want to give her a quick plug, because not that she needs it, but we're, we, of course, are talking about Chatter on Books, Tori's podcast. So, yes, one of my favorites, just because it's funny, we've been in the pandemic, and it's just like, obviously, Tony can't have people over at, his, at Uncle Benny's table. So sometimes I'll throw that podcast on just to hear the familiar voices I like, you know, even if I don't have any interest in the author or whoever they have on that day, just to hear their voices and stuff. Well, um, and then they're drinking wine. So, you know, you get to well, hear them that, when they're getting drunk. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast already knows about Chatter on Books, but just in case, I want to give her a quick plug. So Roxy, you had some bowling questions, it sounded like. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so actually, Chuck and I bowl in the Broadway Show League here in New York. Obviously, we haven't had a bowling night in quite a while because of the Ugh. pandemic, but we love it. I'm not very good, but it's fun. So I guess my question is, what has been your best score? Last December, before the pandemic, I think I threw a 286 or a 287. Wow. I started I started with the first 10 strikes, and uh, the 11 shot was a perfect pocket shot, but I left the 8, 10, and then just picked up the 8. Wow. I have a kid brother who's thrown six 300s, though. We, <gasps> me, me and my two brothers, we've that's all we used to do is bowl, because there's nothing else to do back where I'm from. Okay, my, my next question is, what do you all do on Thursday nights? <laughs> And can you get to New York City? <laughs> and can you get to New York City? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. Okay. That is yep. so cool. Yeah, our bowling league is very special. We start <laughs> at 11.30 p.m. Yep. That's the start time. 
So we're usually there till about two o'clock in the morning. And it's a really interesting, and that's clearly because we have, you know, it all started, they've actually moved it up since. Now we start at 11.15. It was always 11.30 because we'd always have to wait for all the Broadway shows to get out. And of course, Les Mis is like the epic three hour plus show. So we were always waiting on Les Mis to get out so we could start. And it wasn't, you know, fair to start without them. So that's why it always started at 11.30. Well, now, since then, obviously, Late Miss is closed on Broadway. So we can now start things at 11.15. But it's a late night. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds is like so it. cool. Yeah. So three, wait, six three hundreds, your brother. Yes. Wow. wow. And you've gotten two in the 280s. Uh, I've had a few in the 280s. I've, I've had one 700-plus series, a few close. But my kid brother, he, he used to work in a bowling alley, so he had a lot of practice. Right. Now, when you go home for the holidays, does he still rub that in your face that you haven't gotten one yet? (laughs) No, but he did tell me and the older brother one time, uh, me and my older brother went to practice one time and we were throwing these great 200 games and the kid brother's like, yeah, whenever I wasn't working on another lane, I was throwing pins. All right. That's so fun. I think my highest score was like a 155. And I thought that was amazing, but clearly not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably better than Mr. Tony. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. You're now, right. <laughs> I've, I've gotten well over 200s many times because we do count wee bowling, right? That counts? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I wasn't going uh, to, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, I don't even know what my high score is. I've never – it's funny. We have – in the Broadway show league, we have a 200 club because it's mm. very rare territory that anyone gets to 200. But, you know, we do have probably about six or seven per season that do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm pretty positive we've never had a 300 uh, in the league's history. But, you know, I was a late bloomer. Come, You know, the league's existed for years. So, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Well, Ryan, I mean, now we've just got our typical fun, dumb questions. Not that those weren't dumb. But one of the ones we've been asking lately is, if you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you like to introduce as your musical guest? Oh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Now, Which and, I'm aware he's he's no longer with us, but right, right. That's okay. Now, is that just because you grew up with them, or? I mean, I grew up with yeah them, you know Aerosmith, U2, but mm-hmm. but he has his own cha- he's had his own channel on Sirius for I don't know the last five or six years, and it's just the the more I listen to it, the more he just you know he wrote songs for the people. Sure. They're also interesting because of answers you've already given to other random questions. But give me a team or franchise, college or pro, that isn't one of your personal favorites, but you really respect from afar. Oh, I can't say Duke. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah, especially when I lived in when I lived in Raleigh, Durham. I mean, it was either Carolina, Duke or State and State that, you know, they just they sometimes just because they beat somebody and they go three and 11, they think they should make a bowl. Well, we beat this team. So, yeah, Um, I can't say the Yankees. Actually, I kind of like, maybe I'm biased now, but I like the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Well, but that's your team now. So are you saying you're a diehard Penguins fan in hockey? I was, I was, but the last year that Marc-Andre Fleury was there, you could just tell something was going on. And and apparently behind the scenes, he went to the general manager and the coach and said, 
you know, I know you have to put me your um, Murray up for the expansion draft for the Knights. He says, you know, he's a lot younger than me, so you can put me up for it. And the last year in the playoffs, that year in the playoffs, Flurry took him through the first two rounds. He won the first game of the third round because Murray was injured. And when Murray came back, as soon as Flurry had one slip up, they pulled him and wouldn't, wouldn't didn't play him the rest of the time. So since then, every time the, the Penguins come out here to play, I've been to the games and, and I root for the Knights. Interesting. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of hard not to. I mean, when you have a, a new team coming in and they're, I mean, how lucky that never really happens when an expansion team just walks in and all of a sudden they're good. The part mm-hmm. of it was the draft. They yeah. say that the draft was a little bit different where they had more star players available. And mm-hmm. I honestly think that the, the shooting that happened on the strip right before the first game just really set the tone for the year. One of the players, Derek England, he played minor league hockey here many years ago and he was one of the guys that they they drafted and he never moved away once he played minor league hockey here he never moved away so this in the off season he was living here so when they drafted the team he took all the guys aside and said look you know i'll tell you where where to live where to go what to do and he became initially the leader of the team where he he actually set a speech right before the very first home game about the shooting and the whole mm-hmm. vegas strong stuff i mean it was mm-hmm. it was a moving moment and uh it, it was amazing and the the city definitely pulled together again because of the shooting and, and just you know what what all happened and what went down and you're hearing all these stories of people were here people were that you know i have a friend that was there he, i guess two or three people away from him somebody got shot and he was dressing their wound and i, I think a lady my wife worked with her daughter got shot or, i mean there oh was just gosh. all these stories that it, it was really sad but it was amazing and, and the hockey team just they didn't stop losing and um even flurry got injured i think we, we used five goalies the first year and mm. they were all great and making the Stanley Cup Finals that year was just amazing. And, and unfortunately, uh, once Holpe made that save, I think in the second game, it was over for the Knights. Yeah. But yeah. it was an amazing run. And just sitting there thinking about a parade on the strip and stuff would just would have probably been one of the greatest things ever. But again, I'm a little yeah. biased. I was just going to say it is amazing what humans can do when they come together. I mean, it's sad that a tragedy needs to happen for people to all come together. I mean, it was the same thing with Boston Strong after the Boston bombing and the Red Sox sort of took the lead on bringing people together from that. And it was pretty amazing what came from that. And I wish that it didn't take a tragedy to make that happen, you know? I agree. But one thing I don't like about it is when the next tragedy happens, the other one gets forgotten about except for for the local area. I mean, the the Golden Knights actually, and I hope I get the number right, the Golden Knights retired the number 58, which was the original death toll. They said they will never allow a player to wear the number 58. Did not know that. I never even heard that. Yeah, it yeah. And, and they do have a banner hanging up with all of the names. There's now 60, but they, they do have a banner hanging up in the uh, in the arena with all the names on it of all the, the people that, that died that day or yeah. the, the two that died after as a result of it. So it's again, it's just it, it, it's amazing. It, it really is. Well, my next question, if we segue a little bit, still sports related, who's your favorite athlete? Larry Bird. Ooh. OK, now wait a minute. Wait, I love this. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I know where Chuck's going, but go ahead, Chuck. No, no, I'm just, you're all over the map here, which I'm, that's great. It. So go ahead. Okay, so you're, you're probably going to ask, you know, being from Pittsburgh, we had no basketball team. How could it be Larry Bird? 
again, you know, growing up there, I mean, obviously you got football on Sundays. No matter what, no matter how bad they are, you're always a Pirates fan. My grandfather Mm -hmm. at a very, very early age got me and my brothers into hockey. I think we were even fans before they drafted Lemieux, but my dad was a bit of a basketball fan, and I guess the team that they showed the most in Pittsburgh was Boston, and it was always Boston and Lakers back then. Yep. And right. I, I just, I admired the way Larry Bird played. I, I thought he was a team player. I won't go in a rant on, on today's basketball because I can't even watch it. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, the Magic and Bird stuff, you know, a couple of times a year, then in the finals almost every year, it was it was just awesome. And then even yeah. watching, the, you know, the Celtics and the Pistons, it, and I just want to throw something in here. I honestly think LeBron James is nowhere near the GOAT. I think if he would have played against the Pistons of the 80s, he would have never made it. But that, you know, that's inside. I want Kevin and Claude to just do a podcast with me going on a rant about all these goats in the ESPN era and how they're forgetting about the pre-ESPN days of Bill Russell, you know, Red Grange, just all these great players that nobody talks about because, you know, there was no ESPN. But Well, so who would be your goat then? Would it be one of them or are we going right to Bill Russell. Bill Russell would be the goat. Okay. Yeah, I just I feel like it's just a, such a generational thing. There's there's most just younger than me that think Derek Jeter's the goat, you know, in baseball, and I'm oh. like, what? What? No. I mean, I get the whole respect and all that, but what? Sure. So anyway, uh, now that's so interesting though because we didn't say favorite athlete in basketball. We said favorite athlete. You could have picked any sport, and then you picked a sport where your home city doesn't even have a team yeah and then you pick it's that that's great that's so interesting and i mean look i'm all over the map too with my fandom and it was david robinson who my fandom of his in college is what brought me to become a future spurs fan and i've stuck with them my whole life so is larry bird the only major athlete outside of pittsburgh that you admire no actually i also admired nolan ryan Oh, okay. Mm. Now, part of that, of course, was I was young and he had his last name was my first name. But Uh Uh. for some reason, I just became a huge fan of his and I followed him in Houston and Texas. And in 96, my grandparents, I think it was their 50th wedding anniversary. Some cousins of mine came up from Texas and we were talking about how much I love Nolan Ryan. And they said, you know, we have four tickets to the game that he's getting his jersey retired for the Rangers, and we have an extra one. Would you want to come down to it? So I actually got to go to the game where oh, the wow. uh, Texas Rangers retired his number. Oh, that's fantastic. Cool. It, so, Ryan, have you ever had an email read on the show? Yes, I've had, I think, five. In fact, I was the second email read of Tell Michael About the Weather. Oh, really? Yeah, at the time I was listening to that day's podcast, I was listening to it, and my wife had texted me, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage, she she had texted me and said, hey, it's raining in Summerlin. And as soon as she sent that, he was talking about Michael, him calling Michael to tell him it was raining. So I said, oh, you know, so I hurried up and I sent the uh, email, say, my wife just texted to tell me it's raining in Summerlin. Please tell Michael. And and it was the second tell Michael it's uh, raining email uh, ever read. And you get a lot of the ones geared towards Greg Popovich too, right? Obviously having the same last name. Yeah. Well, it's just every time he reads my name, he says, I wonder if he's related to Greg. And one of the times Gary Braun was on and he says, no, they have a different first name. You know how Gary, <laughs> Gary throws right. in his little quips. Right. <laughs> you must have some like long lost relatives in Texas or something because between Popovich... And Ryan, I mean, hello. 
Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I do I do have some Popovich cousins there, and, and like I said, we're still working on the family tree to figure out if I'm related to Greg. Yeah. So now let's get back to some of these silly ones. Uh, if you could time travel, where would you go? Ooh. If I could time travel, I would probably go to, I don't know the island, but I would go back to World War II. Uh, My grandfather was an airplane mechanic in the Army, and I never knew the story before he he died, but he was on the island that they flew the Enola Gay to, and he had mentioned to my aunt that they had come in and kind of cordoned off an area of the base and... All of a sudden, this special crew came in, and they flew the plane in, and and I guess my grandfather and all of his buddies were talking that they knew something big was going on, and I just think that would have been neat to be there to see his reaction and, 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 you know, to talk to him and learn that story. So either either go back to World War II or just go back and talk to my grandfather about some of the things he witnessed, you know, while he was there, especially as an airplane mechanic. Yeah, wow, that's so interesting. That whole whole era to me is, is fascinating. I love that answer. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So here's a new one, too. Would you rather win an Olympic medal, an Academy Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? I would love to win an Academy Award. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I I think my sense of humor is not as good as it really is, but I just, (laughs) I don't know. So we normally leave this one for last, but I know you you said you you have an interesting story. Over or under? Where are you going with that? I, I prefer over, but being that a... I own four cats. Uh, one of them seems to like to drag it around the house and play with it and tear it up. So we've gone through two or three rolls of toilet paper. And, mm-hmm. you know, with everything that's gone on in the last year, we just put it up on the uh, towel rack. Yep. Ah, that makes Smart. sense. Smart. So, Ryan, we can't thank you enough for coming on today. What do you have to plug? Who? Where can we follow you? You're on Twitter, right? I'm on Twitter, just at RT Pops. RT Pops. All right. We'll I'm find on you up Facebook, there. Facebook. And, and like I said, every once in a blue moon, when, when they're nice, Kevin and Claude have me on you know, their podcast. Yeah, federal, that's amazing. You'll that's, definitely that's have to plug that. the Federal Football Report. And, that, and that's at Stanfield Kevin, I believe. And, yes, and I believe uh, it's Do you know at Claude's Claude, handle? I think it's at Claude Jennings or Claude underscore Jennings. Okay. We'll have to but they're both we... nice guys. They really are. I give I give Kevin a hard time on Twitter all the time, but I Kevin, they're, they're just both class acts, and, and I enjoyed being on their show. Yeah, they seem like it. We're looking really forward to getting Claude on the podcast. I, I He does want to come on. We've been trying to work out a time and all that. And uh, Right. Yeah, no, I mean, Kevin's interview was one of our favorites. I mean, it was just everything we wanted it to be i believe that was for our 25th anniversary episode so that was fun yeah it was and i know if you would ended your podcast that day that would have been the perfect ending (laughs) now now you can now you can end it after this one and it'll be even more perfect uh, ending. there you go (laughs) i mean i was gonna say well we're glad we're not ending after 25 episodes but uh yes i agree it was it was very touching and it was just a great great interview as an homage to the big show we'll get you out of here on this this is another new one that we've kind of liked who would play you in a movie of your life? Ooh, okay, I got one. Tom Hanks. Ah, that's a yeah, great he choice. Makes, he makes everybody look better, so I'm sure he, he can does. make me look better. He really does. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. wait to see him. I can't wait to see him as Mr. Rogers again from uh, being from Pittsburgh, because Mr. Yeah, so, Rogers was from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So have, have you not seen that yet? No, I I haven't watched a lot of movies recently. Gotcha. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I don't. I, I no spoilers, but yeah, fantastic movie. It's a little scary how much alike he is. 
Right. Mm. How much he looks like him. And I, I will say the storyline was interesting for me because it's not what I expected. But as in regards to him and playing Mr. Rogers, fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to see it now. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ryan, again, can't thank you enough for coming on. We really appreciate the time. Oh, thanks, guys, for having me. This was a blast. Yeah, I'm glad we oh, finally good. got to do this. Yeah. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. A bird. A plane. No. The Loyal Littles Podcast. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thanks, Ryan, again for coming on. It was so great to hear all about Vegas. I miss Vegas. Uh, you've never been to Vegas. Right, I've Ryan? never Simon? been. Simon, you've been to Vegas, right? Oh, too many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just I, I, I hope we didn't bore the littles too much. I kept asking questions about the slot machines because it was just an infatuation of mine. Just I've never talked to someone who actually was like behind the scenes of that stuff. So that was actually kind of fun. And yeah, so I guess the moral of the story is stop throwing all your money away in the slot machines. And I mean, I guess if you're lucky, you'll hit. But I guess the other thing is maybe what's that? No one to fold, no one to walk away. So if you hit, no walk away. When to fold oh, oh, Roxy's no when to walk away. Si- Simon. Anyway. You know, I, I did get into playing craps, though, which oh. is a bad, it's never a good thing to get into gambling, I would say. Well, but, yeah. uh, but of the ones, I think that's the most fun because like. I feel like you can stay at the table a lot longer. Everyone's on the same team. It's uh, Yeah, I, but it can also good. cost you the most money if you play it correctly, from what they say. Now, you can just, yeah. you could just sit there and pa- play the pass line for sure. But if you want to exactly. win money, they say, I mean, you literally have to have like 20 to $50 down for every roll to even remotely make money. And that's, to me, insane. Right. But if you start slow, start on the pass line, and if you hit a few times, it's a good yeah. table, hot table, then... You can expand out to the uh, to the other bets, and then it becomes really really fun. Oh. But yeah, you know, I've just also I think I've had some good luck in the last like three times I played. Gotcha. So yeah, that obviously makes it more fun because then it, the atmosphere is like yeah, oh my I, god, oh my god. Oh yeah. yeah, I had that one time. I was in Reno actually, and I found this small hole in the wall casino there where they literally had dollar minimum. So I'm like, okay, that's uh, that's so my speed. That's the dream. That's the dream. And well, actually, I first learned how to play craps in Winnemucca, Nevada. Try and say that a couple times fast. And we actually stopped there on a overnight from one of my tours. And that's where I won on a dollar minimum table. Anyway, so we were in Reno, but I was the guy. And sadly, I made no money off of it. But I literally had guys tossing me $25 chips as tips because I literally had the dice, I want to say, for 30 minutes. And I'm not exaggerating. I made so many people so much money, but because I was still new to the game, I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm literally just playing the pass line with like a dollar. And so I was, you know, I made like probably $25 myself from winning, keep hitting the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But these other people were making thousands of dollars and I did not. So I literally had, oh, and the other cool thing, crap story real quick. I had one time I had a guy, Simon, you might know, because I don't know craps well enough. Now, there's this thing that you play against the table. You you commented, oh, everyone's on the same team. That's not always the case. Now, right. is it the don't come bar or whatever that thing's called? Or Yeah. Now, again, I'm not an expert on that, but I, I think it's the don't come, I think. And that's where you're betting against it, you know. The tape. Right, um, right. Exactly. Everyone wants you to hit six, but they want you to throw a seven or an 11. Okay. So this happened to right. me once where the guy, he was a rich cowboy, sitting at the end of the table. He's playing against the table. And so he just kept saying to me, come on, roll a seven. And I finally paused and I looked at him. I put the dice down and I said, why the hell would I want to do that? And I said, I go, you know, what's in it for me? And he goes, oh, don't you worry. If you throw a seven, I'll take care of you. I went, <laughs> okay. 
tapped the dice, rolled it, hit a seven. And I was like, woohoo. And how do you take care of you? He tossed me a $100 chip. Got to give him credit. Wow. He gave me a hundred bucks. Right. Now he made, I think it was like 4,000, 5,000 on that roll. Wow. I, I mean, this is, the, we're talking, this guy was high stakes money and yeah, tipped me a hundred bucks. So I thought that was pretty cool. The, the whole Classic. rest of the table hated me and they were all yeah. Well, but. that's, that's what freaks me out about gambling and casinos is I feel like if you don't go in knowing what you're doing, or at least knowing a little bit what you're doing, it's not something you could fake it till you make it. Which is what I would do. So people would get really pissed off is what I'm guessing. And my fear is they would get so pissed off that like security would come and like say it's me because I clearly don't know what I'm doing. And they would like, ma'am, you need to come with me. You're done. You need to just get out. Don't even no, don't even bother no. trying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just I get it depends it, where it's, you are. It's but. Weird. Yeah, it but with craps, I don't think anyone's you're not going to run into that. You're either going to hit a hot hand or else you're not, and that's going to be it. But like, if you're a beginner, yeah, I had the same story, Chuck, when I, my very first time I was in Vegas, and I had to catch a flight, but the airport's super close, and we had tons of time, but I started rolling, and I don't know why, but like like you said, same thing, for beginner's luck, everything I was hitting, and there was this guy next to me called Sam, so it became the joke of like, I didn't, didn't, didn't matter what I rolled, this guy just made tons of money every time, right. and <laughs> I literally kept rolling for two hours, Whoa. and it was like, I was getting closer and closer to the flight. I was like, oh my God, guys, I have to leave. And the hotel was like, no, we'll pay for your hotel. Do not leave this table. <laughs> and I was like, I got it. Cause I had, I had actually stuff to get to in New York, but like all oh, there's this surge of, I will pay for your hotel. I'll pay for your new flight. You do not leave this table. But I ended up leaving, even though I didn't lose. And everyone was so upset, but they still like threw me tips as well and stuff. Cause I, I was just playing the pass line. I didn't know what I was doing. That's another, but I did. And I got to the gate just as it was closing oh, and I wow. managed to just get on the plane. It was cr- a crazy crazy now, Vegas first can, time story. Can you do that? Can you leave in the middle of a roll? I, that's you a, can. I, I you, yeah. Been. I mean, it's, it's terrible form and everyone was so upset, but I'd been, I'd been rolling for two yeah, hours. Yeah, there but, has but to be it, some understanding. Serious question. I, I, I guess I could, I should have asked Ryan this when we were talking to, well, maybe he doesn't even know cause he does computers, but what happens? Do they just pass the dice to the next player and the point stays the same and everything stays the same or do they clear all the bets? I'm wondering like what hmm. that's, I don't know. I, I don't know because I had to. I literally had to run. I yeah. took my chips. <laughs> right, but, right. Cash you know, them out. I think I. I think I made like five hundred bucks. But my god, the oh, they around. made thousands. Sure. I mean, tens of thousands. Yeah, I think. Wow. absolutely. Yeah, that's it what this cowboy. Crazy. But I did not have that kind of run. Wow, that's incredible. So, not that your head's big enough, Simon. But why don't we get to some of these emails that we had? Some nice people writing. Tony Beeson, good friend. Tony Beeson writes in. My wife, who refuses to be called a tiny, which I think is funny, was interested and listened in on Simon's segment on the passing of the Duke of Edinburgh. Please pass along our appreciation and our sympathies to Simon. So, Simon, get in. Oh, thank you. It's very nice getting. Yeah, no, it was really nice. And I'm, that's why we were so glad that we had you on. And then we get from Sully from Boston. Generally speaking, one ounce of liquor equals five ounces of wine, which equals 12 ounces of beer in terms of alcohol content. That's the goal of the solo cup markings. It can obviously uh-huh. vary based on liquor, proof, or beer ABV. What's ABV? No idea. Is it a Sam Adams brand? No, <laughs> no. I think that's part. It's abbreviation for like the content. No, of, yeah. Yeah, isn't it something like alcohol, something volume or something? By volume, alcohol by volume. Look at that. The three of us got it. Boom. That's got to be it. That's got to be <laughs> it. We're so smart. So all of you that were just screaming at your listening devices, you can stop. Because <laughs> you know there had to be like 20 people yelling at us right now, screaming right. like, you idiots. <laughs> That's what it stands for. And, you know, another one I won't really read because, well, she put it out there. But, quote, Simon has multiple fans. Whom do I have to fight? 
That's Ooh, all I'm going to say. It is on. Wow, Simon, on fire with these. This is unbelievable. This is great. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and the last thing I kind of wanted to get into real quick, and we usually don't do X and O stuff, but this is something I wanted to get into. And it was actually uh, cued by a tweet by Eric Lonergan, actually. Now, it wasn't directly to us, so I don't really need to read it word for word. It had to do with the instant replay issue on Sunday night with the Atlanta Braves and the Phillies. And the what most are saying horrific call at the plate and the fact that they did replay it and it looks like the replay officials got the call wrong. Now, again, that's what we see at home and it's just kind of really frustrating because I don't quite understand the entire situation because like the only thing I keep thinking is maybe they have other angles that we don't. Now, Simon, I bring this up because I'm actually legitimately curious. Do they have instant replay in cricket? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not fully up to date with the latest on that but it, it used to be that each captain would have a certain amount of replays like you do in american football that you could that you could choose to to use what they call as hawkeye which is where it shows the trajectory of the ball because most most replays are to do with like lbw which is we can get into that another time it's like it's one of the ways you, language go ahead it's <laughs> one of the good. ways you can get it's one of the ways you can get out in cricket so you can you can appeal and and it can go to the the replay and they can check it so, but but I know that it's it's constantly evolving. So it's possible now that it gets used a lot more than it used to. But but right. yeah, so we do have it. Well, it's we the, had two short. really bad ones in the Amer- in the American baseball the last week. We had the one where it ended a game where a guy was hit by pitch, even though his elbow was in the strike zone. And if I'm not mistaken, the umpire first called strike three, which my world that ends everything. That should have just said mm-hmm. it was a strike. So obviously he was leaning into the strike zone, which you can't do. But that's a whole nother story. I'm talking about the one from this past Sunday night. It just looked like the guy never touched home plate and he was called safe. And so, of course, a lot of people are arguing, well, you have to have evidence to overturn the call, which was safe. And if there's not enough evidence there that you have to keep the call the same. And it's just the whole thing is just really frustrating, I'm sure, especially to Atlanta fans in this case. But, I mean, heck, mine goes back to the Saints debacle against the Rams in Ooh. the NFC Championship game. With the I'm no still call. not over it. You're not over it. <laughs> anyway, but it's frustrating when we have these things and we don't use them well, I guess. I'm not even going to say properly because I'm not saying they're not using it properly. I'm just saying, you know what I really miss? I miss the days. Now, I'm gonna, this is one of my get-off-my-lawn moments, but I miss the days when they didn't have instant replay. They didn't even have replay. Yes, I remember those days. When I was sitting in a room with my best pal and we're watching our baseball game and a guy tries to steal second and the umpire makes a call and I'm sitting there as a five-year-old, six-year-old yelling, he was safe. And my friend's going, he was out, he was out. And I'm like, no, he was safe. You don't know what you're talking about. And the umpire makes a call and it was over and that was it. There was no controversy because there was no ESPN later. There was no replay even on the TV, on the telecast. To, it was just you had to go, and sometimes, yes, the umpire was clearly right. Sometimes he was clearly wrong, but we just moved on. And there was no way to tell whether he was right or wrong. I'm and sorry, I, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> Good I mean, question. I, 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 I mean, I've heard of people being like, oh, I preferred it when we didn't have, you know, Cars. the <laughs> like. You, you're telling me that you used to watch it when there was literally no replay, so yeah. you would never be able to see it again. There were no recording devices. Oh, when you were well, no, television. I'm sure there was a recording device of some sort because they archive that stuff. But right. I, so what I'm saying is the later on when they were covering the sport, they, no, wouldn't, they, they wouldn't be able to show anything. Right. What I'm saying is they would not show us. 
So we couldn't then argue about it. And even back then there was no, what are we going to jump on Twitter? No, of course not. There wasn't even internet back then. So you couldn't even like email someone and say, Hey, did you see that play? You know what I mean? So there was nothing and people just accepted it and we moved on. You had to pick up the landline or pick up your pen and paper. Rox, and... you weren't even born yet. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know get, if you can get, even... You know, get your pigeon and, and write Get your pigeon, right. right. No, I, I guess I, friend, yeah. it's just, it's opened up this whole new world and I get that's the world we're living in now. It's just really frustrating, especially like I said, when we have it and it's not used correctly yeah. and you can see, well, and then of course there's the frustration of the Saints call where they can't review it for some reason. They can review everything else, but they can't review that for whatever reason. And it's just it's just really frustrating and yeah moral of the story mlb espn whoever needs to hear this just do better just do better (laughs) i think the moral of the story is just you want to eliminate all replays ever i think is the well that's a whole other story well well, replays do replay does obviously exist and has existed for a long time Mm -hmm. so and it's there for a reason it's there for a good reason but also just do better about it. Be better about now, it. But because Simon, I mean, now this was a very close play at the plate. I'm, I'm going to give them that benefit of the doubt. It still looks very clear. But again, I'm hoping that they have other angles of that play that we don't. Maybe there was a home plate cam that we don't know about. But I highly doubt it. And that's what really grinds our gears. All right, you two, let's get out of here. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod, on the Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast, and also on Facebook. We have our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. So thank you, Simon, again for jumping on. I know you've, you've had a rough couple travel days here. I was also going to say, you know, what we're going to have to do is uh, with this whole new schedule thing happening, maybe one of these times we'll just have you come on and do a bonus episode and you can just explain the game of cricket. And I'm sure they, they won't even care what the topic is. They just want to hear you talk. So they'll <laughs> oh change their mind after I do that. So that'll be the end of me. <laughs> so, and thanks again to our Meet the Littles guests, Ryan Popovich and of course, Shad in DC for our bumpers this week. All right, all you loyal listeners, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And remember, if you're out shopping online tonight, use the code. code. Sorry, I have moths. The other side of the cushion, that's where the mess is. Don't flip me over, don't be surprised.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.